In today's lesson that is offered to us by Mother Church, we have St. Paul reminding us that indeed that these things that were written of the past, the, the Old Testament examples of so many individuals, are written for our correction. They are given to us to be able to teach us and to lead us in the path of holiness. We who are in, as he calls, the final age, the ones preparing for the Lord to come back in his glory. He reminds us of a variety of things which they, and it simply says they, but it's referring, of course, to the ancestors in the Jewish faith, uh, particularly very often the, the people walking for the 40 years in the desert, those who are uh, so often hard of heart, uh, unable to enter into the promised land. And he speaks of, of how they would uh, give themselves over to these vices of lust and idolatry, of fornication, of tempting God, of murmuring. All of these things, they give the examples, and, and of course, we have uh, the, the response is, is that it's never positive. You know, whenever, whenever these things take place, it's never blessing that follows. I'm intrigued. I, 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 didn't, do the, I didn't do all the research on it, but, but part of me was uh, content to go this afternoon and look at what happened to those 23,000. They committed fornication, and 23,000 died. What kind of party was that? What was actually was, was taking place? And yet, it's there. The consequences of sin is simply death. And so all of these things are set up for our correction to ensure that to the extent that we experience those same temptations ourselves during because humanity is no different now than in the past, in the, sen- in the sense that those same temptations arise, it is for us to be able to look to the past and to be able to learn from it. We can do this certainly by the, the via negativa, the, the way of, of how not to do things, as often uh, the, the scriptures give to us those manners, such as today, but also to simply remind us to, to be able to look continually to the saints, the ways of how we ought to do things, the positive way of looking to the saints, looking to the lives of the saints on how to respond in the midst of these trials and temptations that may arise within us. But St. Paul also gives us a couple of extra encouragements here, things to, to keep us on the straight and narrow, so to speak. He mentions lust and idolatry and fornication, tempting God and murmuring. But the one that he doesn't mention the name of, but which certainly comes up in the fact of things, is the spirit of pride. The spirit of pride is mentioned in the sort of veiled way. He says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. The temptation sometimes in the spiritual life is to think that, that after some time of, you know, of, of, of working and in, in offering, offering various prayers, offering mortifications, living the Christian life, that, that the things of, of our temptations, of our trials of the past, we've been victorious over them, that we're good now, that we're okay. We don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. And St. Paul is here simply to remind us, not so fast. Just because something is not a temptation or a trial to us, does not mean that it will not be again in the future. Do not think that we are so far progressed in the spiritual life that we are beyond falls. Do not think that we are so, so highly uh, enlightened in the spiritual life that we cannot be deceived by the evil one. It's for us to remain humble in these things, not to allow that pride to well up within us so as to, 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 allow, to, to, to kind of exalt ourselves falsely. Because if we exalt ourselves, the Lord will humble us. And so it's for us to remain humble in the face of these things too. 
And a primary way by which we are to remain humble is to recognize that we are not able to do these things by ourselves. Indeed, we are reminded today, too, that, that, that we will not be put to the test beyond that which is our strength, beyond that which we are able to handle. But it doesn't say that we handle those things by our own strength. It is necessarily the strength of God and the strength of God alone, the grace of God alone, that is able to be our strength in those times. Left to ourselves, the only thing we do well is sin. But with God's grace, we're able to persevere. We're to persevere in a life of virtue rather than vice. And so it's for us to understand and to keep always before our eyes the knowledge that we need God. He is of necessity. That there is not something that we can do, again, that is fruitful by our own means. Our Lord tells us this very clearly himself. Without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. This absolute reliance upon the Lord is what is necessary for us. And to this end, there is a simple invitation for us. Prayer. The way in which we are able to to rely upon the Lord, the way in which we are able to understand that it is He and His strength that is our strength in the end, is to be able to go to Him frequently and to pray. This regularity in prayer also, by the way, has the the added bonus of keeping us from sin. I'm reminded, I forget uh, who exactly it was, but they said, speaking of the rosary particularly, he said, "If if you would like to be freed from a particular sin, pray the rosary every day to fight against it. One of two things will happen. Either you will quit sinning or you will quit praying the rosary, and then you know where you stand. And so... If we are willing to persevere in our prayer, we will see a a cessation of vice. But even more importantly, it's not simply the cessation of vice, this uprooting of sin that we desire, and that would be only to focus upon the negative. The positive of it is that we come to know our blessed Lord, that we come to be with Him in a profound union, that we know Him and we are known by Him, which is in the end the goal as those who enter the gates are only able to enter the gates because the Lord knows them. Those who cast out in the darkness and the wailing and gnashing of teeth are such because the Lord says, I do not know you. It is prayer that is the necessary peace for us, to come and to spend time in prayer every single day with our blessed Lord, is to be reminded every single day that I have need of him. There are no shortage of examples that I've experienced both in my own life as well as in the confessional, wherein the things of a litany of sins will follow, but then included within them will be, I've not been praying as much lately. My prayer has been weak, or I've been distracted, or I've chosen other things and not done my morning prayers or evening prayers. How frequent and how easy it is when prayer is set aside that all the rest will come to fill its place. It is for us to come to the Lord in prayer and to know that, yes, there will be victory over vice, but there will be a closeness to God. So this is my invitation, my encouragement to each of you. Every single day, at least 15 minutes with the Lord. At least 15 minutes. If we can give Him more on a particular day or every day, God be praised, and it will certainly benefit us. But if we do not make this time... It is a danger to us and a danger to our soul. It keeps us away from the Lord. 
We begin easily to think that we can rely upon ourselves. And if we, get our, we forget our need of him. And so let us ask the Lord this grace today to pray, to persevere in prayer, that we might always remain strong in him.